Cause we got the alternative energy right. free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela and this week we'll be looking to the Northern Territory As they edge one step closer to being nuclear free On June the 11th, Energy Resources of Australia announced that they would no longer be pursuing a feasibility study for the Ranger 3 Deeps project, which they had hoped would extend the life of the Ranger uranium mine in Kakadu National Park. Also, that they had engaged with major shareholder Rio Tinto regarding financial support for the rehabilitation process. The Mirror traditional owners responded with a media statement welcoming the announcement and stating that, first and foremost in our minds is ensuring the permanent protection of the natural and cultural values for which Kakadu is inscribed world heritage. We need to see a concrete and comprehensive commitment and a plan for the clean-up of Kakadu. That commitment and planning needs to start today. While campaigners have been working to halt the Ranger 3 Deeps project for over three years and to bring an end to mining in Kakadu National Park. Today we'll hear from Dave Sweeney from the Australian Conservation Foundation and Lauren Mellor from the Environment Centre of Northern Territory about this news and what it means for Kakadu, the Northern Territory and the anti-nuclear movement. This announcement comes one year after the incredible win by Muckety traditional owners and their supporters who campaigned for nine years to stop the imposition of a nuclear waste dump in the Northern Territory. June the 19th marked one year since the Commonwealth Government and Northern Lands Council withdrew the proposal midway through a federal court case that challenged the nomination of Muckety Station as a site for a national radioactive waste dump. A year on, we'll be hearing some reflections from Diane Stokes, who is one of the traditional owners for Muckety Station and led the campaign to protect their country. But first, we'll have a poem by Isabel Phillips titled Our Land, And this beautiful poem was recorded at the time of the celebrations in Tennant Creek last year. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to thank everyone who has got involved with it and that helped us that we won this court case. Our beautiful land. It has been a long journey up and down the track, across the border to interstate talking to people about Makati, sharing our story, showing our culture, singing rap music and reading poems. It has been seven years of fighting and struggling. We shed our tears and emotional feeling. We want our land back. We want the land to be clean environment. We want the land to be nuclear free. Now, it already ended right here in our beautiful land. On June 19th, it marked a one-year anniversary since you found out that you'd won the court case on Muckety and stopped a nuclear waste dump from being set up near Tannen Creek there. Yep. How, how do you feel one year on? 
Did you do anything to celebrate? Well, I didn't do anything to celebrate. What I did was just go and letting everyone know and we just shook hands that we went through, you know, winning this case and feeling, you know, feeling happy about shaking each other's hand. One year um, anniversary for our winning of the case. Wow, that's fantastic. How has it changed the community? Being in this struggle together, do you think it's made you stronger? Well, it made me stronger and it made me look, you know, me and my young sister look better than what what we were, you know, travelling here and there to interstates and that just to win the case, just to win for our people's sake about the waste. I'm wondering what do you think about the process now that... Um, we've heard that there's not been any nominations under the, the current process coming from the Northern Territory. Yeah, like we said, Michaela, like we said before, that we don't want no race coming to Northern Territory. We've warned every minister that turned up and faced us, even we went to in the parliament office, and we told him, I, I said to him, I want you to remember this, we still don't want the waste to come to a market. Market is a place where, where the elders fought hard to hold it very strong for our people. And it, it sounds like that um, message has uh, resonated throughout the, the territory, seeing that there's no been no further nominations. Um, well, we're, we're happy that there's no other nominations going towards Makati. And I know you've said that you and others who've been in this struggle are going to help support anyone that, that get targeted. Definitely. We'll put, a, we'll put a, um, information forward to people about um, to, to people that we, we will support, the people who want us to go out to their country, to give them some support that, you know, to, to make them feel strong and to make them have the confidence to fight for their country. This is the Radioactive Show across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we've just heard from Muckety traditional owner Diane Stokes on the first anniversary of their win against the nuclear waste dump. And in coming weeks, we'll be taking a critical look at the federal government's current process as they continue their efforts to establish a remote dump. Now let's hear from Lauren Mellor from the Environment Centre of Northern Territory with the latest news on the Ranger Uranium Mine. Yeah, well, there's been some really interesting developments over the last couple of weeks since Energy Resources Australia made their announcement that they wouldn't be proceeding to the final feasibility study for their range of 3D underground mine proposal. That was really the only uh, option that the company had for future mining at the site. They're, they've stopped mining their open pit at Ranger uh, in 2013 and, are, and they're just processing stockpiled ore at the moment. So 
Uh, the Ranger 3D project was the only um, lifeline, essentially, for ERA to return to profitability at the site. So, I mean, it's certainly a welcome decision for, um, you know, people and organisations who have long campaigned for the end of uranium mining inside Kakadu National Park. Uh, to many people, obviously, that project never made environmental sense, but now the company has acknowledged um, that it no longer makes economic sense and has decided not to proceed with that. So um, definitely a welcome decision. Um, what we need to see now, of course, is some sort of certainty around the rehabilitation efforts. Um, that was always going to be something that the company had to grapple with. It was due to stop mining in 2021 and start that clean-up effort. Um, so now there's the possibility that, the, that that time frame might actually be brought forward and some of that work started earlier, which is really encouraging. Mm. And I understand that they're still processing stockpiles of ore now. Do you know how long that will go on for before they begin yeah, the rehabilitation process? Yeah, it's not certain. There's, uh, there's some talk that could go up to 2020. Um, but really the quality of ore that they've got there at the moment is quite low and and it could be much sooner than that. And certainly some of the rehabilitation efforts can start um, even while that work is occurring. So really that's all that ERA has left on the table is to um, just to continue with those stockpiled ore to try and make up some of the money, some of the shortfall um, that's to be expected when it finally gets to that rehabilitation deadline. We know that ERA are really going to struggle to find those funds. At the moment, their rehabilitation liability is greater than the company's market value and their cash reserves combined. So that's a real problem for ERA, um, but not so much for parent company Rio Tinto. ERA are now in a really difficult position because they've been hit hard by their continuing fallout from the Fukushima nuclear crisis on the, um, on the uranium market. They've lost close to a billion dollars since 2010. The company hasn't made a profit. Um, since the announcement that it wouldn't continue with its Ranger 3D underground mine proposal, ERA's lost 73% of its share value um, in just one week. Uh, the company's market value and its cash reserves are um, uh, combined would not even make up the rehabilitation liability estimated at close to $600 million at the moment. So that's a real problem for ERA. Not so much for its parent company, Rio Tinto, um, who the Environment Centre and uh, Australian Conservation Foundation and many others have pursued for many years um, and it's for it to take responsibility for rehabilitation. Now, we know that Rio, Tin Rio Tinto itself is worth close to $100 billion. They certainly have the capital to undertake this clean-up effort um, and have profited uh, for a long time from Rangers' operations. So we think that they need to step in now um, and make up that cash shortfall that ERA is likely to experience as it gets closer to the final clean-up date. So the situation we find ourselves in at the moment is there's been a bit of a struggle um, on the ERA board. People might have seen that ERA lost half of its board members recently. Um, the board members that were not aligned to Rio Tinto have all walked from this project basically over a dispute within the company about the, the future viability of mining at the Ranger site. Those um, board members that defected were seeking a lease extension with the Commonwealth which would allow them to mine past its uh, end of mining date in 2021. And the Rio Tinto Aligned board members uh, were essentially being uh, pushed to the decision by Rio Tinto to finish mining altogether there. Rio's made it clear that they wouldn't support um, any development of Ranger 3 Deep, and they've offered a conditional credit facility to ERA to make up the shortfall for the clean-up effort. So Rio Tinto hasn't made a formal acceptance um, of that conditional credit facility, 
we think that's the only sensible option they have on the table. The only thing certain for ERA at the moment is remediation, and that's the path they need to start walking down. This is the Radioactive Show across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Lauren Melov about Ranger Uranium Mine in Kakadu National Park. Do you know anything about the details of their plans for how they'll approach the, the rehabilitation of the site? Well, ERA have never made uh, public the details of their rehabilitation plan. It's never been available for public scrutiny. This is a real problem uh, as it approaches the very technically challenging job of clean-up. Um, we know that at other mines around the world and indeed in Australia and the Northern Territory, um, there have been huge technical challenges, environmental challenges with rehabilitating a uranium mine site and, and in many cases not one of the same size that we're talking about with Ranger which has operated for 30 plus years. It has a particular condition on it which um, means that the final clean-up needs to be to a standard whereby the Ranger mine site can be incorporated into the surrounding World Heritage listed Kakadu National Park. That's a huge challenge for the company and one that we don't think that they're necessarily up for, um, but we need to see that work start immediately. Um, rather than drag out, allow Energy Resources of Australia to continue to hemorrhage capital and continue to put that clean-up effort at risk. And obviously, there's a workforce there, there's Mirar traditional owners and there are communities uh, who are reliant on the continuation of services in that community, um, of employment, and and to ensure that that clean-up effort happens and happens um, to a standard whereby the communities and the traditional owners in particular um, are pleased with. So, yeah, I mean, we think rather than delay it, that uh, rehabilitation effort needs to be accelerated. And more broadly, do you think this will see an end to mining in Kakadu National Park? Yeah, I think that decision um, that on the 11th of June, Energy Resources of Australia saying that they will no longer proceed to final feasibility study with their underground mine project, really will see the window for uranium mining in Kaku start to close and close very quickly. Um, and and with the acceptance of Rio Tinto's conditional credit facility for the clean-up operation, that will close. And we've seen market analysts, we've seen environmental groups, we've seen um, commentators on this issue uh, for a long time been calling the end of uranium mining in Kaku. Um, this is our largest producer of uranium, Ranger Uranium Mine, operating for 30-plus years inside this park. It's long been a contested and controversial mine, and there are many people, including uh, you know, right around Australia, who really campaigned for no future mining with this Ranger 3D project. So now that that's off the table, we can finally start looking at a post-mining future for Jabiru and the Alligator Rivers region, um, which is something that I'm sure that uh, Mira traditional owners have said that they want no mining past 2021. They want the Jabaluka deposit, which is still held by ERA, returned to the traditional owners and permanently protected in Kakadu National Park. So there's still some tasks ahead of us here, um, but really we're finally moving in the right direction and, and closing the door on uranium mining in Kakadu. Oh, well, that's very exciting news and congratulations. Brilliant. I mean, yeah, 30 years for a lot of people watching this, and it's, yeah, it'd be amazing. You know, such a rewarding announcement the other week. And, unexpected too yeah yeah and it's interesting also it comes at a time i guess everybody's been celebrating the one-year anniversary of the win at makati against the nuclear waste dump and it's a very exciting 
for the Northern Territory that there is a possibility to be a nuclear free. Yeah, it is an exciting time for the nuclear free movement you know, right around Australia and around the world at the moment. We haven't got a single uranium mine operation, operating in Australia at the moment that is making a profit. Um, you know, the market has been depressed for a long time now. Um, there's no recovery in sight and you've got the largest producers uh, like Rio Tinto um, really starting to uh, rid themselves of those assets um, and finally an acknowledgement from many of the market analysts, resource analysts saying, you know, this is a dying industry, it can't compete um, with things like renewables. And so now, you know, with, um, you know, with investment moving away from this particular industry, I think that I think that a revival in it is unlikely. I think you know nuclear power is also on the outs on an international scale, and yeah, it's an exciting time to to be seeing all of that movement finally happening and happening in the right direction towards renewables. This is a radioactive show heard nationally on the Community Radio Network, and that was Lauren Mello from the Environment Centre of the Northern Territory bringing us some good news about uranium mining in the Top End. Well, someone who has been seriously committed to ending uranium mining in Kakadu for decades is nuclear-free campaigner Dave Sweeney from the Australian Conservation Foundation. And he joins us now to talk about what the announcement by Energy Resources Australia not to pursue an extension of mining at Ranger means in practical terms for the people of the local community and for the nuclear-free movement more broadly. Dave, very exciting news that was announced on June the 11th that Energy Resources Australia would not be pursuing the Ranger Three Deeps project any further. How did that feel for you? Yeah, look, it was extremely exciting and positive news. Uh, You know, many people have been working for many years to stop this plan for a further underground mine in uh, Kakadu. And um, and to see the two things that um, a lot of environment organisations and people have been campaigning for for years, one being no development of this underground mine and the second being uh, a commitment to a comprehensive and fully costed rehabilitation of the damaged Ranger mine site, to see those two things in the one media statement, in the follow-up statement from the parent company, Rio Tinto, in uh, subsequent... Um, business articles was deeply gratifying and welcome and it's um, it marks a real turning of the tide. As ever, Michaela, look, the devil's in the details. A lot of listeners will know that, that, um, you know, it's not over till it's um, six months over and stone cold um, and the dust hasn't settled yet. So we're not super celebrating. We are really happy. What's happened is profound. What's happened is a really significant switch of emphasis and waiting and we are moving uh, at a faster rate and a significant and I would like to think unturnable course towards the end of uranium mining in Kakadu. Mm, Yeah, pretty amazing time. And so what is the next step for people who are campaigning on this issue? What will be that uh, moment when we can open the bottles of champagne and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when is it finally over, you know? That's one of the real questions and one of the real challenges with campaigning on nuclear issues because there's so many things in the tale and the stuff itself 
is so long-lived and it's threat so long-lived. So when do you actually say this one's finished, this one's won, this one's been put to bed? We've still got a bit of a way to go with Ranger. Um, ERA has yet to formally accept um, Rio Tinto's offer. Rio Tinto made an offer. Rio Tinto owns 70%, 68% of, of energy resources of Australia that run the Ranger mine. And they made them an offer and the, the offer said, look, you, your value now, your cash reserves and your market value is less than your rehabilitation liability. Uh, we will pay as your major shareholder. We will pay the unfunded rehabilitation liabilities. We will finance that so long as you don't dig a deeper hole in Kakadu. And that's a good offer. It's a welcome offer. It's a, it's a responsible offer from Rio Tinto. ERA should offer, uh, accept it and, and uh, understand and accept that the future of this project now is not in mining, but it's in rehabilitation and remediation. It's in closure and exiting from, from the area. Uh, that hasn't yet happened. It needs to. And we are, are waiting for, for that to happen and for there to be the next stage in this. Broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network, this is the Radioactive Show and we're speaking with Dave Sweeney about the Ranger Uranium Mine in Kakadu. There's been a really contested, really complicated 30 plus years of uranium mining in the Kakadu region, Michaela. And what we're at now is we are moving from the contested mining chapter to a complex chapter, but a different chapter, which is the time of rehabilitation and the time of transition. As a lot of listeners will know, Australia is full of stories of mining, where mining companies promise the earth, and then what they did was come and dig up a bit of it. What we need to do now, and what the challenge is now, and in, in the next decade, really, at Ranger, is to ensure that there is a properly financed and funded rehabilitation program to ensure that that happens in accordance with the wishes of the traditional owners and other stakeholders to ensure that it is effective as possible in protecting that country. We also need to use that decade to transition to a post-mining economy in Jabiru and in Kakadu. You know, the mining of uranium has been deeply damaging it has been environmentally scarring. It has helped fuel Fukushima. But it has also employed people. Now, we need to ensure that people can be employed and there is a dynamic regional economy after mining. There's no surprises in this. Mining was always going to finish and was mandated to finish, Michaela, in January 2021, mining and mineral processing at the range of site. So what's happened now is not world-shatteringly surprising, but it is earlier than what was expected and required. So there are people in the area who are nervous about what happens next. How do we pay the mortgage? How do we fill the fridge? They're reasonable, legitimate human concerns. We need to reassure those people that there is 10 years of mandated rehabilitation from this time and there is 50, well, $550 million of rehabilitation required so that's a million bucks a week for the next 10 years in cleaning up this mess from this mine. So that it is provides two things. It provides, if it's done well, some degree of meaningful environmental protection and it provides, if it's done well, some real degree of confidence in employment and opportunity for people. So we're now moving from 
30-plus years of imposed, contaminating, contesting industrial activity in the form of uranium mining into a decade now of what needs to be maturely managed, comprehensively costed and well-delivered rehabilitation and transition. And during that time, we're closing the window, not just cutting and running, but closing the window in a measured and mature way on uranium mining in Kakadu. We are saying goodbye to Jabaluka. We've already said goodbye to Kungara. And we are saying that this place is a special place. It's Australia's largest national park. It's dual World Heritage listed for both cultural and natural values. For 35 years, there's been an imposed and ugly mining sector in there. And now that's over. That's gone. And frankly, good riddance. So for, the, for, for us to be able to say good riddance, there needs to be a good exit. Funded, costed, inclusive, effective. And that's our next task as people who are supporting the Mirar traditional owners, as environment groups that are supporting this uh, precious part of Australia, and as activists who want to see Australia move away from being a provider of dirty and dangerous fuel and move into being a provider and a leader in the fastest-growing energy sector, which is renewable. Broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network, this is The Radioactive Show, and we're speaking with Dave Sweeney about uranium mining in Kakadu. I think there's a really important lesson here, Michaela, and a really important uh, um, observation. I work with a national environment group, so we need to continue to track and to keep an eye on and to ensure that things happen in a responsible way. We need to make sure that the job isn't half done. We're half done now. We need to get fully there. But for so many people that have worked so hard in so many different ways, be it attending the Jabaluka blockade, be it supporting Mirar traditional owners, be it writing letters to politicians, whatever it is, lighting a candle, lighting a fire, doing whatever it is to have highlighted the impacts of Granger and to have stopped the development of Jabaluka, to every person who's done that, thank you, because you have made a real and direct difference. And it is a real and direct difference. Ten years ago, Energy Resources of Australia was a company that was the darling of the Australian Stock Exchange and it was worth $2.5 billion. And as we talk this week, Michaela, Energy Resources of Australia has the board leaping overboard, has people bailing out, has shed more than 70% of its share price and share value in one week and is now worth $180 million and has rehabilitation liabilities of 550. So the long and short of it is it owes three times as much as it's worth. And that's in 10 years. And what that shows is that our collective efforts, our collective efforts to highlight the lack of social licence, to highlight the uncertainties and the problems facing this operation and this company have all collectively been like a gulliver thousand strings braided into a rope that has dragged this company down and ended this really unnecessary, unwanted and deeply damaging and divisive period of uranium mining inside our largest national park. So it's a tribute to the efforts of individuals and groups and people It's a tribute to those who have said, no, 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 we're not just going to accept 
what we're told or the dominant power, we're going to go and actually actively show some agency and change the world because we have collectively made a massive difference. And that is a really important message to take heart from ourselves. And it's also a really important message to the uranium industry that you are actually heading down and our global energy future is renewable, not radioactive. Mm. Awesome. Well, lovely to have you on the show as always and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks very much. Love the opportunity. Thanks, Michaela. Thanks for joining us on the Radioactive Show this week. A big thank you to Diane Stokes, Lauren Mellor, Dave Sweeney for joining us on the show and to Isabel Phillips for the poem. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR on Smith Street, Collingwood on the lands of the Kulin Nations and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any feedback, questions or issues you'd like covered, please let us know via email at radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. Please tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. And until then, take care. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe.